If you have your Bibles with you and you'd like to open them with me, let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 20. 1 Samuel and chapter 20. Do you notice what we sang? We sang, there's nothing that my God can't do. And then we sang, what a friend we have in Jesus. Now, watch, watch this now. And then related to that, interconnected with that, we sang, bind us together. What's the relationship? As those songs were interconnected, what's the relationship between what a friend we have in Jesus and bind us together? And I'm just telling you, there's a close relationship between those two a friendship between those songs and those ideas if you will we're talking about friendship today and uh, i've got to ask do you have any friends like do you have friends that you can trust that's a different thing you know for having friends is one thing having friends you can trust is something else do you have friends you can trust to do what they say they will do Do you have friends that you just trust to come through on the commitments and promises that they make? Do you have friends that you can trust to love you and keep your best interest front and center even when they would love to hate you? Do you have friends like that? Do you have friends that you can trust to show up for you When you need them to show up for you. And really, are you a friend like that? Are you a friend that shows up when people need you to show up? Are you a friend that keeps on loving when you'd love to just quit and be done with them? You know, are you a friend that does what you say you will do? Are you a friend that keeps your promises? This is what we're talking about today as we talk about Friendship, And what I'd like to have you think about while we read this story of friendship, this is one of the best stories about friendship in the whole Bible, as, as we read this story about friendship together, would you ask, what's the relationship, listen, what's the relationship between lordship and friendship? How do lordship and friendship work together? Or don't they? Because a lot of us, would, I think, would just want to skip lordship and go straight to friendship. What's the relationship between lordship and friendship? As you think about what kind of friend you are and what kind of friends you want. Here we are, 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse 1. Then David fled from Naoth and Ramah and came and said before Jonathan. So David is running from Jonathan's dad. Jonathan's dad is a guy named by the name of Saul who wants to kill David, who has tried several times to kill David, and David has gotten away with his life. Jonathan is his friend. David says to Jonathan, what have I done? What is my guilt? And what is my sin before your father that he seeks my life? And he said to him, far from it. You shall not die. Dad doesn't want to kill you. What are you even talking about? Behold, my father does nothing, either great or small, without disclosing it to me. If my dad wanted to kill you, he would tell me, and he hasn't told me. Why should my father hide this from me? It is not so. Dad's not trying to kill you. But David vowed again, saying, Your father knows very well that I have found favor in your eyes. And he thinks, Do not let Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. 
your dad wants to kill me and he's just not telling you because he knows we're friends. But truly, okay, so if you're looking down at your Bible, that's cool. Make sure you do that. Just make sure you circle or underline all the Lords that you see. If you're following along with me up on the screen, just notice the Lords, how Lordship applies to friendship, okay? But truly, as the Lord lives, like we both know the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, there is but a step between me and death. David's like, I'm going to die. Death is like the dog I talked about last week that's right on my heels. I can hear it breathing. I hear its toenails on the pavement. I'm going to die. It's right behind me. Then Jonathan said to David, whatever you say, I will do. It's not true, but I'll do whatever you tell me. David said to Jonathan, behold, tomorrow is a new moon, and I should not fail to sit at table with the king, your dad. But let me go that I may hide myself in the field to the third day at evening. And if your father misses me at all, then say, David earnestly asked to leave of me to run to Bethlehem, his city, where there is a yearly sacrifice there for all the clan. If he says, good, it will be well with your servant. But if he is angry, then know that harm is determined by him because he has plans to kill me and he's mad that I'm not there. Therefore, deal kindly with your servant, for you have brought your servant into a covenant of the Lord with you. So he's like, we promised before God not to hurt each other. Remember that, Jonathan? And Jonathan's like, well, of course I remember covenanting with the Lord. Hey, remember they're bringing the Lordship into friendship again here. But if there is any guilt in me, kill me yourself, for why should you bring me before your father? Just kill me now, don't let your dad do it. And Jonathan said, far be it from you. Death isn't even close to you. Don't even worry about it. If I knew that it was determined by my father that harm should come to you, would I not tell you? And David said to Jonathan, who will tell me if your father answers you roughly? Okay, because I'm pretty sure that's how it's going to go. So how, are we gonna, how am I going to know what you know? And Jonathan said to David, come, let us go out into the field. So they both went out into the field. And Jonathan said to David, the Lord, there it is again, the God of Israel, be witness. When I have sounded out my father, behold, about this time tomorrow and the third day, behold, if he is well disposed towards David, then uh, shall I not then send and disclose it to you? But if, I'm going to slow down, I'm reading too fast, I'm making mistakes. But should it please my father to do you harm, the Lord do so to Jonathan, and more also, if I do not disclose it to you and send you away, that you may go in safety. In other words, may the Lord do to me really bad things if I don't tell you. I'm going to tell you. Before God, I'm telling you, I'm going to tell you. May the Lord be with you, as he has been with my father, as the Lord was with Saul on his rise. He's saying, no, my dad, he, Jonathan knows his dad's on the way down and David's on the way up. He's like, may the Lord be with you. May he make you rise like he did my dad. If I am still alive, show me the steadfast love of the Lord that I may not die. Like when you're king, don't kill me. And do not cut off your steadfast love from my house forever. When the Lord cuts off every one of the enemies of David from the face of the earth. Like, I know you're going to be on top. I know you're going to win. When you win, don't hurt me, because I'm not going to hurt you. And Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord take vengeance on David's enemies. 
You see how lordship is part of their friendship? And Jonathan made David swear again by his love for him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. And Jonathan said to him, Tomorrow is a new moon, and you will be missed, because your seat will be empty. And on the third day, go down quickly to the place where you hid yourself when the matter was in hand, and remain beside the stone heap. And I will shoot three arrows to the side of it, as though I shot at a mark. And behold, I will send the boy, saying, Go find the arrows. And if I say to the boy, Look, the arrows are on this side of you, take them. Then you are to come, for as the Lord lives, there it is again, it is safe for you and there is no danger. But if I say to the youth, look, the arrows are beyond you, then go, for the Lord has sent you away. And as for the matter of which I have spoken, behold, the Lord is between you and me forever. That's quite a phrase, isn't it? The Lord is between us forever. How is the Lord between them? Because the Lord, they've made a covenant with the Lord that they will not harm each other. Whether Jonathan has a chance because he and his dad are currently in power, they won't, he won't harm David. And when David comes into power, he won't harm Jonathan. They've made this covenant of mutual, they're not going to hurt each other. So David hid himself in the field. And when the new moon came, the king sat down to eat food. And the king sat in his seat, as at other times, on the seat by the wall. And Jonathan sat opposite, and Abner sat by Saul's side. But David's place was empty. Yet Saul did not say anything that day, for he thought something has, made, something has happened to him. He is not clean, for surely he is not clean. But on the second day, the day after the new moon, David's place was empty. And Saul said to Jonathan his son, Why has the son of Jesse... Um, why has not the son of Jesse come to the meal, either yesterday or today? Like, where, where is the dear boy? <laughs> That's how I would have said it, you know? And Jonathan answered Saul, David earnestly asked leave of me to go to Bethlehem. And he said, let me go, for the clan holds a sacrifice in the city, and my brother has commanded me to be there. So now, if I have found favor in your eyes, let me Get away and see my brothers. For this reason, he has not come to the king's table. Then Saul's anger was kindled against Jonathan. And he said to him, You son of a perverse, rebellious woman. Who's he talking to there? He's talking to his own son. He says, You son of a perverse, rebellious, because he's not helping him kill his best friend. You son of a perverse, rebellious woman. Do I not know that you have chosen the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of your mother's nakedness? Some people think that what he's saying is, you can't be my son. The stuff that he's saying about Jonathan's mom means Jonathan's mom did bad stuff so that Saul is not Jonathan's dad. He's saying, like, we can't, we can't even be related. Because you're not helping me kill your best friend. For as long as the son of Jesse lives on earth, neither you nor your kingdom shall be established. And this is really what it's about. Saul is saying, I'm doing this for you. Can you not see that I'm doing this for you? And Jonathan is saying, but you don't have to. I don't even want you to do that for me. You're opposing God. 
Therefore, send and bring him to me, for he shall surely die. Then Jonathan answered Saul, his father, Why should he be put to death? What has he done? And Saul hurled his spear at his own son to strike him. And Jonathan knew that his father was determined to put David to death. I'm like, okay, okay, I, I, think, I think he really is trying to kill David now. Now I'm convinced. And Jonathan rose from the table in fierce anger and ate no food the second day of the month. For he was grieved for David because his father had disgraced him. And in the morning, Jonathan went out into the field to the appointment with David and with him a little boy. And he said to the boy, run and find the arrows that I shoot. And the boy ran and he shot an arrow beyond him. So far away means it's dangerous. You need to run away. Up close means it's safe. Come back. And when the boy came to the place of the arrow that Jonathan had shot, Jonathan called after the boy and said, Is not the arrow beyond you? And Jonathan called after the boy, Hurry, be quick, do not stay. And Jonathan's boy gathered up the arrows and came to his master. But the boy knew nothing. Only Jonathan and David knew the matter. And Jonathan gave his weapons to his boy and said to him, Go and carry them to the city. And as soon as the boy had gone, David rose from beside the stone heap and fell on his face to the ground and bowed three times. He's so thankful for Jonathan coming back. And they kissed one another and wept with one another, David weeping the most. Then Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, because we have sworn both of us in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord shall be between me and you. See the relationship of friendship and lordship and lordship and friendship. Do you see that? The Lord should be between me and you because they've made a covenant together. And between my offspring and your offspring forever. And he rose and departed. That's David, rose and departed. Like the, the city is not safe for him anymore. And Jonathan went into the city. Jonathan goes back to hang out with his dad. Okay, so let's talk about something that may or may not be on your mind. I, I think the, the younger you are, maybe the more this would be a thing that would be on your mind. Maybe the older you are, maybe this would be less on your mind. But one of the things that commentators wrestle with a little bit, or that people, I should say, I should say that differently, one of the things people read back into this is, so is there a romantic relationship between Jonathan and David? I mean, let's just, let's just read it. I'm in verse 41, like most of the way through. And they kissed one another and wept with one another, David weeping the most. So let me read this quote to you. In the West, we have gotten into such a mess about same-sex relationships. Is that true? Have we gotten into a mess about same-sex relationships? That the very idea of same-sex friendships has become imperiled. This is just how men showed affection for each other then. This is not romantic. The text is not afraid to point out David's flaws. It's really not. You'll see David's flaws coming up in a 
couple chapters. But that's not what this text is about. Okay? This text is about not romantic friendship. So what can we say about friendship? What can we say a friend is? I think a friend is someone that you have affection for. And when I say affection for, I don't mean something romantic. I mean, like, you have a positive feeling when you see them coming. They have a positive feeling when they see you coming. Beyond that, you also, you also are working for their benefit. You're not trying to harm them. So when, when you're working the radar and you see a plane coming in, you try to decide whether or not it's a friendly like, do they mean us harm or do they not mean us harm, you know? Friends, will your good. And friends, like, have a measure of affection for you. Like, at least that's the hope, that they would have a measure of affection for you and you would have a measure of affection for them. Though willing their good is the main thing. Here's, here's the really big truth about God that I want you to have the most this morning. So as you think about the relationship of lordship and friendship, we'll talk more about that relationship in a minute. But as you think about that, here's the really big truth I want you to have about God, because I think if you don't have this truth, you're going to have a hard time with lordship. If you only think of God as a distant monarch who really doesn't care about you and makes weird decisions that affect you negatively, if that's the only way you think about God, then you're going to have a really hard time with the lordship of Jesus Christ. If you think God might still be mad at you for, for some decisions that you made a couple years ago and might still be punishing you, if you think God might be trying to use you in a way that takes something from you. If you think God might be competing with you, then you're going to have a really hard time with Jesus' lordship, and that's going to affect your friendships. Here's what I want you to know. Here's the really big truth about God that, is, that you have to have first before we can talk about lordship and friendship and a human level. The really big truth that you have to have is that the Lord is your friend. He is your friend because no one has more positive feelings about you than the Lord. The Lord looks at you like his own kid. The Lord loves you. And I know, like, like some of you, you may have had parents that communicated to you that they're always annoyed with you and you were always exhausting to them. And I want you to absolutely know that is not how the Lord feels. The Lord is never exhausted by you. He is never annoyed with you. He loves it when you come to him. He has positive feelings towards you. He loves you. He has affection for you. Each one of you. And... And, listen to me, he only wills your good. He 
He's not trying to network you. He's not trying to use you. He's not still mad at you. He's not mostly happy with you, but still holding kind of a grudge against you. When you've trusted him as your Lord and Savior, all of your guilt, all of his wrath was placed on Jesus Christ, and Jesus died in your place. That means Jesus did that really, really well, and there's nothing left for you to bear. Jesus took all of it away, so now God only wills your good. Look, he's the Lord, okay? He is the Lord. You are not equals in that sense, but he is your friend because he has affection for you and he only wills your good. And that's why we sing songs like, what a friend we have in Jesus. That's why Jesus Messiah, that we're going to sing in a little bit, is such good news. This is an act of friendship as Jesus bears our sins and brings us into his family. So lordship is really a good thing because it means Jesus has affection for us and Jesus only wills our good. And so this is why we obey him because he is our friend because this is what he is like. So lordship is related to friendship. Now let's keep talking about this now. So what should we do? What should we do? When it it comes to like thinking about our friends or thinking about how we are as friends, The reason I've been pushing on lordship is related to friendship is because what you want is you want friends that their loyalty to you goes beyond their immediate feelings about you or the convenience of the friendship. So when Jonathan and David say again and again and again, as the Lord lives, or the Lord is between us, or they covenant before the Lord that they will not harm each other. That is because they are both submitted to the lordship of Yahweh. They both know that the Lord stands over them. And David's like, even if it's not convenient for Jonathan to be my friend, I know that Jonathan is submitted to the Lord. He promised the Lord that he would not harm me, so I trust him to not harm me because he promised before God. And Jonathan can look at David and say, even though it would be advantageous for him to kill my kids so that all his kids have a clean, there's a clean road to the, to the, to the throne later on, it would, be, it would help him to kill my kids. I know that he won't because he has a higher loyalty to God. His highest loyalty is to God. Not convenience, not mutual benefit, not any of that stuff. His highest loyalty is to God. So I trust him to keep his promises to me because he's promised those things to God. So lordship is related to friendship because it means that we're committed to something beyond the friendship, bigger than the friendship bigger than the mutual benefit, bigger than what we're getting out of that friendship. So, so the first part of Christian friendship is submitting to the Lord. Submitting to someone bigger and stronger than yourself. Committing to something beyond yourself, beyond the friendship. And this is lordship. The lordship of Jesus Christ. So, Think of how Jesus did this. As Jesus ministers, and he's, things are going really well up in Capernaum, and 
he knows it's time for him to walk south to Jerusalem, and so he does. He walks south to Jerusalem, and he gets all the way to the Mount of Olives, which you can see the city of Jerusalem across the Kidron Valley from the Mount of Olives. And he's down there praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, which is on the side of the Mountain of Olives, and he prays. Not my will, but yours be done, because his first allegiance is to the Father. And so he maintains that allegiance to the Father, that submission to the Father, which enables him, propels him into the greatest act of friendship for us that we could ever imagine. This is true for our Lord, Jesus Christ. It's true for Jonathan. It's true for David. It's true for you and me. The best friends live under the lordship of Christ. Lordship is the foundation of friendship. It gives us a foundation that is bigger and stronger than ourselves or the immediate benefit of the friendship or lack thereof. So, lordship leads to friendship. We think of the Lord as my friend. So, because the Lord is my friend, I can submit to him as I submit to him. I'm in position now to be a good friend. And they're in position to be a good friend. The second part of this is, you know, let's, let's look back at verse 42. After Jonathan says, the Lord shall be between me and you and between my offspring and your offspring, the last sentence there in the chapter. And he rose and departed, and Jonathan, these last couple words and jonathan went into the city where jonathan goes back home i've often thought why didn't jonathan just go with david you know they could have been robin hood and little john riding through the forest you know it could have been david and little john riding through the forest like why did jonathan go back why didn't he just go go out to the wilderness and I really believe this is because Jonathan was determined to keep the fifth commandment. Honor your father and mother. And so Jonathan does. He goes home and he honors the dad that was throwing spears at him. Spears like physical spears, like actually throwing spears, and spears like words. And he goes and he honors his dad as best he can without dishonoring God. I mean, his first allegiance will be to the Lord. And so he'll tell David, you need to run, dude, because he knows that's what the Lord wants. And so on the one hand, he'll work at keeping David safe because his first allegiance is to the Lord. And because his first allegiance is to the Lord, he'll work at keeping David safe. And even in a little while, which I'll talk about later on, he'll show up for David. Again, more on that in a second. But Jonathan will honor the Lord by protecting David, but Jonathan will also honor the Lord by honoring his dad who'd just been throwing spears at him. Jonathan was a friend to his dad whom it would have been easy to love to hate. This is kind of how we, have, you know, sometimes family is a tricky thing. I think sometimes we have this idealized view of family, of like family is always perfect, family is always easy, family is always safe. Is that true? 
family always easy, perfect, and safe? The Lord calls us to be a friend to our family sometimes, and sometimes that's really sophisticated. And it's sophisticated for Jonathan. Jonathan has to try to navigate that. How do, how do you be loyal to Yahweh and therefore David and be loyal to Yahweh and therefore your dad? How do you ride that fence? How do you not get off into the ditch? And so, listen, if you are here and you're like, I don't know how to be a friend to my family. Welcome to following Jesus. Sometimes it's sophisticated. Sometimes it's hard to sort out. Sometimes it's messy because sin is part of the equation and sin always messes things up. Friends, submit to the Lord because lordship is the basis of friendship. Friends are friends to people who are not friendly to them. You know, true friends. Our Lord... Our Lord told us that we should love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. And indeed, he did just that. All the way to his death. And friends, that you see here and you see in Jesus, friends, this is just so basic, I don't even want to say it, but I think it's so basic. You know, we were at the men's breakfast yesterday and Craig talked about no matter who you are, no matter how great you are, you have to drill the fundamentals. And this is a fundamental that you have to drill over and over and over again. And it is really costly and it's really hard and it's really simple. Friends, show up for each other. And so you think of Jonathan, you know, his dad just yelled at him, called him names, threw a spear at him, tried to kill him. And Jonathan says, you know what, I could just let David figure it out. David would probably figure it out. He's a pretty smart guy. He'd probably figure it out eventually, but Jonathan decides to show up for David. And so Jonathan shows up, does the arrow trick, so David knows what's going on. Jonathan shows up. It won't be the last time Jonathan shows up. After David defends a city by the name of Keilah, um, he saves them from a terrible fate. And then he asks the Lord, are they going to hand me over to Saul? And the Lord says, yep, they're going to hand you over to Saul. And Jonathan has to run away again. And there's no place safe for David, not even after he saves people. And Jonathan gets, I'm sorry, David gets super, super discouraged. And you know who shows up? If you know the story, you know who shows Jonathan shows up and he strengthens David's hand in the Lord. Jonathan shows up. Jonathan shows up for his dad. Jonathan shows up for his dad who's throwing spears at him just a little while earlier. Jonathan shows up. Jonathan will show up to the point of dying next to his dad in battle. Jonathan shows up. Jesus, you know, he, this, this points us up to Jesus as it reminds us how, how Jesus came down. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas time, how Jesus shows up. How he shows up for us by sharing his Holy Spirit with us. He shows up. Friends show up.
As you follow Jesus into friendship, you'll, because Jesus showed up, you'll be the kind of person that shows up. As you follow Jesus into friendship, you'll learn to be friends to people that aren't friendly towards you. As you follow Jesus into friendship, you'll learn to keep your promises. Even when it's costly. I hope, I hope this is what we do because I think this is what we all want. I think we all want friendship. We all want friends we can trust. We all want friends we can count on. We all want friends that aren't trying to use us, that aren't trying to network us, that aren't trying to get something from us, that aren't going to lie to us. We all want friends. Look to the Lord who is your friend. The foundation of friendship is lordship. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you pull us each closer to you. Lord, I pray that you would just convince us that you are our first and most important friend. That you showed up for us. That you loved us while we were still sinners. That you kept your promises. And that you will continue to keep your promises to us. Lord, I pray that you pull us towards yourself. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.